0: Welcome. You have found the show we call Real Men Don't Cry, or Do They? This is a podcast for men. And on this show, we will hear real life stories from men about how they have navigated the complexities of being a man in this modern day. We are going to look at the boys don't cry way of thinking and how that has influenced them and how they have risen above societal pressures to be true to themselves. The focus of this show is men's real-world experiences, not just ideas and theories. I hope that you will learn from what they have discovered and use it in your life as well. Let's get into today's show. Welcome, everyone. I'm Brandon Archer. This is Real Men Don't Cry, or Do They? Today's guest, Kevin Benveditas. Did I say? Did I say it wrong, even though we just went over it?
1: Yeah, you did, but it's all good.
0: (laughs) Okay, correct me then. Let's get it right.
1: Kevin Benavides.
0: Okay, there you go. It's all Um, good. You might have seen Kevin from his Instagram handle, which is the the Canvas Within. Um, That's where I met Kevin originally, and I was super stoked that he wanted to get on here and have a chat. Because we kind of do something very similar, wouldn't you you say? 100%. I would say, yeah. yeah, 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 you seem to we've spin. always
1: we've always uh we've always resonated with what we put out there, and then when we started connecting, it was like, yeah, we're pretty much on very similar paths, right totally. with our work with our work, yeah,
0: yeah, totally, and is your teachings and your business path a result of your life experience,
1: hundred percent. Cool. Yeah, that's what I tell everybody who comes, whoever wants to, you know, interested in working with me. And they ask about my qualifications. And although, you know, I've taken courses and certified in this and that, it's like, it's my life experience. It's what I've gone through, what I've learned, what I've applied. And now, you know, obviously learning as I coach and support more men, but it's basically from what I've gone through in my life and, and continue to go through because I'm a human being like everyone else. And you could continue to work through things and grow and all that
0: amazing yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. I like that. Let's circle back to that in a while. Why don't you just, what landed you into helping men? Like what's your, what's your story?
1: Yeah. It's, interesting enough. I'll tell them the full story, but I initially didn't fo- want to focus in on men because initially when I got into coaching a few years ago or even had the, the thought about it, the desire for it, I was afraid of men. Uh, and so I was like, hell no. Like I had at the time a few years ago when I was transitioning from my social media business into coaching, I had a coach, a business coach, and she's like, men need you. And I'm like, what? They're like the things that you say, the things that you talk about on your, at the time it was uh, my Facebook page and stuff like that. She's like, men need that. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm internally, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not comfortable talking to men. So initially it wasn't men. And so, uh, but eventually it became men because one, I was like, life was just showing me you're meant to do work with men. And uh, and then, too, I was just like, yeah, like I went through this for a reason, and it's to help other men. Um, not that I haven't helped women, supported women in my coaching, but it's mainly men. And so anyways, that's a short story of what happened a few years ago. But uh, initially, why am I even here talking to you and in this path in my life is because I've gone through some hard shit, just like a lot of other men have um, about 10 years ago uh, was living the quote unquote normal life where, which is like, got, you know, got married young, had kids, had the nine to five job that I didn't like. And, you know, just did the same thing in, and day in and day out. And, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, my dad got really sick, um, to the point where we thought he was going to pass away. At least I thought he was going to pass away. And because of these events with my dad's health, um, a lot of anxiety came up. So I lived with a lot of anxiety, didn't even know what it was called or what, what it was until that point. But my anxiety skyrocketed. And then from there, because I started to sort of grieve my dad, even though he was still alive, I uh, all this stuff from my childhood came up. All these memories that I had suppressed came up and I had to and everything was there. right? So there was basically like an emotional and mental shitstorm for like six months. And that's really what set me on this path is because I'm like, came down, you know, six months down the road, I was like, I cannot continue living this way, because I was so depressed, I had so much mentally and emotionally going on, and I didn't know how to function. And so eventually, I I reached out to someone who I thought I was just going to learn about mindfulness, mindfulness practices, mindfulness meditation. Meanwhile, he opened up the door to, um, to my inner world and to understanding my relationship with my dad. And... And that's really when start things started to shift and improve, especially at that time with my anxiety and stuff, things got, got better because he was helping me through it. But that just opened the doors to my passion to, you know, personal transformation, healing, and at the time, really spirituality as well. So that's really where it started. And over the years, it's just continued to be my passion until, like I said, a few years ago, I was like, I want to coach. And then I already told you that story, right? And then it was just like, okay, I want to coach. I just don't want to talk about this online because I, was sharing my journey here and there. But I was like, I want to actually impact other human beings' lives. And so here I am today, you know, almost three years, almost three years into this.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, man, thanks for sharing that. Because, you know, I I had a moment too where it's like, whoa, well, I got to figure life out. So I, I wonder if, you know, I'm curious – if you think that's just what needs to happen for men, do we need like a wake up call? I think, I think
1: I, 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 I I want to say no, Yeah. but I, I, I think that the answer is yes. I think so many of us men need that sort of like shot, you know, shot across the head, down to your knees, down to your, you know, rock bottom per se, whatever, everybody has different rock bottoms. But like, I think it almost has to be for a lot of us men to really be like, fuck, I got to do something.
0: Yeah. So I want to say I, I, I would I'd have to agree with you. I and like you, I want to say no, it doesn't have to be that way. But I don't know, seems to be a pattern with the guys we probably work with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you said stuff came up when your dad got sick that you had to process. Mm-hmm. What what kind of things came up? Um
1: just things that he said and did when I was younger uh-huh. that I remember. So this might, this might answer your question in an indirect way, but still answer it. I remember, I think, I don't know if it was the first night when he went into hospital, when he was rushed into surgery, like to, to do his procedure that he had to do, or if it was the, the night after that. But one of the first two nights when he was in hospital and like, I was like, Fuck this guy. He's done. Like, there's no mm. way he's gonna get through this. I remember coming home, getting dressed to go to bed, and just like losing it, like emotion like tears flowing and just screaming and like all this stuff that that I knew was there, but I didn't really ever give attention to started coming up and I started to share it with my wife. I'm like, he did this and he said that, and all these things that were really when you really when I say it, it's like, well, yeah, that's that's not okay. That wasn't okay that he did this or he said that or he threatened that or whatever. And this is no shot on my dad or anyone who listens who knows my dad, but like it, it's true, like a lot of things happened that wasn't okay. Um and I was confronted with that all at once. It felt I felt like it and at that point in yeah. my life ten years ago. It was like everything was like here. It's like you cannot not look at this anymore. And I think what also made that come up was the thought that I'm never going to have a father. At that point, I was like, I haven't had a father. And now I'm going to lose my father. And so that was really fucking hard. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: You know, I listening to you, I'm reflecting on my dad too. And he made a lot of mistakes as well and i was i i think i'm not bitter anymore i was bitter for a long time and angry mm-hmm. and you know for me and maybe for you too i finally had to see him as human
1: that's that's that was the the turning point for me man
0: as well yeah yeah cuz i i'm sure you know too you know guys you work with and the work you've done on yourself, we as kids, are, our parents are gods, literally, by definition. Yeah. We yeah. look to them for everything. And when we, <laughs> when they can't live up to that because they're humans, there's so much that we're left with as adults to carry. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and a lot of us carry it, not even knowing we're carrying it,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. So what did you do? Like, you know, you had the proverbial getting cracked open moment. How did you learn to carry all that yourself? How did you learn to move through it? And
1: So initially, eventually after that moment or those moments, uh, I started to see a mental health counselor. And I remember just talking about my dad and talking about what we went through. And he just helping me with that. Um, And then eventually it was when I met my mentor, per se, is when he started to break down um, the spiritual aspect, like helping me understand and see, oh, like, it wasn't that he didn't love you. It wasn't that he didn't care about you. It was because he was dealing with X, Y, and Z. and, And I started to, you know, learn about his past, myself learning about my father's past. And I'm like, oh, oh, that makes sense. And like, I started learning about things that I didn't understand about human beings and just in general, right? Like, cause I, from my, from my worldview, from my, the life I've lived, I never understood why people are the way that they are, I guess is the best way. And so to say it, and so, um, you asked, how was I carrying it? Not very well, not very well for a while. Like I said, those six months were really challenging as much as I was understanding more about myself and my dad and my past. It was very challenging until, again, there was just this moment. And it, I, I want to, anyways, I guess the way I would try to say it is there was this moment where I was watching a video, as cliched as this might sound or stupid as this might sound, I was watching a video by Eckhart Tolle, and I can't remember exactly what he said. Um, and And it just hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks where I was like, Oh fuck! Like this guy didn't mean to do this stuff to me, or not do these things. More, it was more so that he didn't do these things for me. And it didn't. Be, it wasn't because he didn't love me. It just hit me. And I remember that day. I was watching that um, at work actually. When I was working a, an office job, I was watching it at work. And when I drove my wife home that night, I remember telling her, just like bawling my eyes out, driving, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, he didn't mean to do any of it. It wasn't his fault, and I was just like, and I even at that time I didn't fully understand, but I was basically saying like it wasn't his fault. He went through a lot of shit himself. He went, and it just clicked. Everything clicked, and when that clicked, it was like a big part of me was just like mm, put at ease. Yeah, because what I think what it was was it's it wasn't me. I wasn't at fault. I wasn't flawed. Right.
0: You didn't make him do those things.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Man, that's, that's profound. That's profound. And I hope guys listening that have either gone through times like that or carry a lot of bitterness towards their dad understand like, this is, this is a very interesting area about how we relate to our parents and our dads. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And it forms who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not aware of how it's formed you, it can. I don't like using the word control, but it does control you. But would you say, with your experience, it doesn't have to?
1: Yeah. No, it doesn't have to. Until uh, until that moment, right? It will until that moment or moments. When you start digging into this stuff for yourself, right?
0: Yeah. And then it doesn't control you. I think that's, man, I remember like pre understanding all this stuff similar to you like, how do we operate as humans? Why do we do the things we do? You just like, I held my parents to this standard. I'm like, you should have done this, you should have done that. And it just. <laughs> Should they have? Well, you could argue maybe, but the thing is they did the best they could.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like for me, that was pivotal and kind of sounds similar with your dad. Like he didn't mean to do these things. And people listening might be like, that's stupid. You know, if, if your parents do something traumatic, perhaps uh, some kind of physical abuse there's ownership of their behavior, and there's actually understanding what's driving them to do that. It's very different. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and, should, I, and also, sorry, go ahead. We should just riff on that because I think that's useful for people to to understand.
1: Yeah, the difference between
0: what were you, what was the two the two things that you said? Well, owning their behavior. Yeah. Right. And versus like what's driving them to act a certain way.
1: Exactly. Yes. And yes.
0: We're, we're both parents. There was times when I'm like, why the hell am I yelling at my kids? Yeah. So, you know, shoes sort of on the other foot. Right. Cause I didn't understand. And sure enough, one day they're going to have to like figure out, well, why was dad? Why did he talk exactly. to me that way? It's like, yeah, yeah. I swear to God, guys. I never wanted to say that stuff. Yeah. So, owning, the
1: owning the owning of it is the the thing where you get to separate yourself like if if even today if they don't want to own up to what they've done or how they even still are that's where you get to place the boundaries that you need you get to do what's best for you but holding on to like why they did that or why they're even that way right now oof. like that's not that's like if you're like, well, you're a horrible guy or he's like, no, you're a, like, you're hurt and yeah. that's why you're behaving that way, even still today. And so for me, it gives me at least for myself, it gives me compassion, not just for dad or mom, for everyone. Right. When I really sit with it and like, oh, why? Like, that's not okay that they're acting that way and I can understand. Right. There yeah. must be something because when, when you're, when you're happy, when, for whatever reason, you're really, really happy. You're not going to be the person who's going to be hurting someone else or doing saying doing or saying something to hurt someone else, because you're in this state of happiness, right? But when you're treating mistreating someone, it's there's a reason why you you there's something poking at you, poking at your pain, and so it's like the understanding that we don't want to be hurtful um, you know, human beings. We really don't. I don't give a care. I don't care who you are, who you've ever been, whoever's walked on this planet. The only reason people hurt other people is because one, they're hurt themselves. And two, they don't really know who they are. Yeah. So that's my perspective on, on that. And even still today, like my dad will say and do things. If we're talking about like coming back to that, he will say and do things that is not okay. And I can say to him, Hey, please don't say that. Or like, that's not okay. But me wanting him to be different. That's, that's, Never gone. Gonna
0: happen. Yeah.
1: that's not, it's gone. Like, I don't, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Right? I can, I can place boundaries. I can live my life differently to honor myself, but to expect him to be different. Not good. like it's not
0: there. Which is freedom, which is yes. power. It's power too, right? I think, you know, when I was hearing you share and and what it makes me think of is giving away your personal power. So the only person that's suffering when we expect something from somebody else is us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is kind of a – it's a bit of a mind fuck because it's like, no, they did this thing to me. I'm like, no, you're hanging on to that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're reliving it and you're getting, you know, this thought and – and feelings loop. That's literally yourself generating it.
1: Yeah, 100%. There's a there's when you're talking about that an illustration came on my mind that I use with my uh, clients. Actually, it was my mentor that used this same thing. And I still use it is like, there, we have some certain people in our lives that we've lived life with, and through, they have hooks on us emotional hooks. Right? And these people are long gone. They could be dead. doesn't matter. But their hook is still in you because you're allowing it to stay in there. You're still tied to that person emotionally, energetically. And that person might not even be thinking about you ever again or whatever. It could have been the bully from high school or whatever it was. But because, because you haven't done that work on yourself or because you haven't let that go, they're still hooked. They're still pulling you back even though again they're not there they're still pulling you back in some way
0: yeah right and ironically that's the stuff that makes you behave poorly towards the people in your life correct correct yeah so oh man I love the where this conversation's going um so I can I can visualize you know you releasing it because I've been in similar similar things but how do we explain that better to people that are like that's stupid like you two are fruitcakes. like <laughs> that's okay. my, i'm good with that my dad was a dick and yeah or my mom was i'm super hurt by what they did um yeah. i'm never gonna get over it how do we what can we give those people to like yeah work with
1: i would say first and foremost you get to choose how long you want to hold on to that Of course, they hurt you. Of course, you're hurt. It's totally valid. And that's, and that's the thing is, a lot of us will hold on to it, because we're actually not in, we're not actually processing it, letting it go. And to let it go, you have to feel it, right? Like, it's very cliche thing to heal, you have to feel. Yeah. So the day that you want to let that thing go, you're gonna have to allow yourself to fully feel the pain of that experience or experiences. And then, and then make that choice. I think in the feeling of it, you make that choice of like, I don't want this for myself anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be carrying this anymore. Right. So again, yes, of course they hurt you. Of course it was hurtful. Of course you're angry and upset and you should be, if somebody's mistreated you and really, really hurt you. And again, you're the one that's care like you're carrying this with you. It's not going to, it's not like, it's not going to change what's happened. It's what's going to change is your future, right? How you, how you move forward. If you choose to continue to say that's not okay, he's an asshole. And, and you can still say he's an asshole, but the energy behind that is, is what's, it's what's keeping you feeling that way. And again, living, like we said, living in a certain way because we're still holding on to that hurt Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. Everybody's had different experiences. So like I I cannot speak for someone who's been physically abused or raped or anything to that, like, I I don't understand, like, I don't know what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is for those who've been really, really hurt in those ways, it's not that like in a session or like in a month. Like you're going to let go of this, but it's a choice of being in that process to let that go, to yep. feel that pain, to resolve it, to understand it and to move forward. Right. But you got to give yourself the opportunity to even get, get there. Right.
0: Am I making sense of what I'm sharing? Oh, hundred percent. And here hmm. is where it gets tricky with men specifically, hmm. because we're asking them right now, you got to feel these things.
1: Mm -hmm. You got
0: to have emotions. You got to look at your emotions. Yet society does a crap job of allowing us to even have emotions. Yeah. So It's it's programming on so many levels. And, you know, I know for me, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of shame around facing that stuff. There was a hell of a lot of crying. For sure. But that crying is releasing that emotion. Mm -hmm. So how do we help guys realize like, okay, here's the man you want to be. Like you create this image. Perhaps it's stoic. Perhaps it's really funny. Perhaps it's like super successful business guy. I, for me, the best way to get there is deal with all this stuff because the rest of it I'm going to actually use the word, it becomes easier.
1: Mm-hmm. Starts so, becoming easier, yeah.
0: Yeah, what... So for guys that are afraid to face those emotions, what could we tell them?
1: Yeah, first, if they're afraid, I'd say, what are you afraid of? Like, are you afraid of not being a quote-unquote man? Or is it, are you afraid that If you allow yourself to feel that you don't know when you're going to stop feeling.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and so I would say first and foremost, challenge your programming, right? Question what you've been made to believe, regardless of how many, you know, the guys around you or your family or whoever gave you that programming or society, obviously society, but question that. And I'd, and I'd question it this way. Are you a man or are you a human being first? Human being first. Because if you're a human being first, then a part of being a human being is you have these different aspects of self, right? Um, when you were talking a minute ago, the, the, the stupid illustration that came into my mind, it's like, imagine if society said, men can't shit. If men shit, go to the toilet and they shit, then you're not a man. Yeah. You got to hold that stuff in.
0: It's right? literally the same. It's the same it's the same. Because right? it, it becomes toxic.
1: Yes. Yeah, imagine you're walking around with all this like actual shit, yeah. and you're like, I can't let it go because I'm not a man.
0: Yeah, right? like
1: this programming, like I can't. This fear, like I can't let this go because if these guys find out about this, uh, I'm never gonna be able yeah. to live this down. And it's stupid, right? And like it, when you when you say it that way, it's like, no, go to friggin' washroom, let it out,
0: right? But it, 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 the and I love this analogy. I'm gonna totally use this analogy now. Did you just <laughs> make that one up? <laughs> No, I've I've had You've it. used it before, but that would make you toxic. It would literally cause you mm-hmm. physical harm. Mm-hmm. It is actually no is different with the emotions. No different. Yeah. no different, and yeah, I get it. Some guys are going to hear this and go like, "Oh, that that sounds ridiculous." But you know, the thing you touched on was we're humans first. Yeah, first, that is so important. You you do have emotions. You do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard some guys say, ah, I'm just not emotional. I'm like, uh, "Bullshit." <laughs> that's actually not true. You've just been taught to suppress them and not yeah. address them.
1: Yeah. So when you're happy, I would say that I got, so when you're happy, what's that? Is that a, non an emotion or are you just always like numb? Like just like no expression? Yeah. No, it's the ones that you've, you've deemed to be acceptable, right? That's yeah. like what, that's when you say, oh. That's not being emotional. That's just being me, right?
0: So why, what's, I've never asked you, what's your idea or what's your belief on Mm societally, why we got to this point? Mm.
1: Why did we get to this point? I think, I think we weren't like this. I know we weren't like this historically, probably hundreds of years ago. I think maybe in the last and I can be completely wrong and off on this, but I feel like what really has done men in per se into getting us to this path of, you know, men don't feel, they don't express emotions. It's weak and all this stuff. I think that really came in the last hundred years since the world wars. Right. Yeah. And, and then, then came the, you know, media, right. That's when radio and then TV came out and then commercials and, and uh, I don't know, the word I'm looking for capital, uh, capitalism or whatever you want to call it. Then all this programming came, but a part of it came with the war, where now we stripped away the men from the families. Right back then, these men went and experienced very friggin' traumatic shit. And then at the time, I don't I don't believe there was um. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, enough resources for men back then, right? And so these men, when they came back, now they were very, very wounded emotionally, right? Like they're very traumatized, and they then they don't know what to do, what what they felt. Yeah. Add in, add in the programming that started to come, probably through you know movies and all this stuff about this macho, you know the. Uh, was it john wayne the the, the cowboy and all this stuff i think they use the the term Mar- marlboro man right like the, right. the smokes and like all that stuff that came in the 50s and the 60s i think that's when you add those guys that just went to war dealing with then on top of that the image of all of that i think that's when it really started to go down
0: yeah that's, I would that's agree my with thoughts you. i
1: could completely off the, i would that's agree my with thoughts. you i
0: remember seeing some research on that somewhere too um I I totally, and that was a long time ago. We're talking like 80, 90, 80 years ago now. Mm -hmm. But a generation is 30 years. I found that out a while ago. So we've been doing this like three, four generations now. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. It's enough
0: to, we have no reference point for what healthy, a healthy man, air quotes, man, masculinity, Mm -hmm. I, I'm steering away from the masculinity term to be perfectly honest because we're humans. Mm-hmm. So well, who's our reference point? Who did we learn from our dad who learned from his dad who learned from yeah. his dad? Well, that's yeah. four generations. And you just said, and I agree with you and think about it. If we all of a sudden went to war, we would just do what we had to do. That's what happened is they went into lockdown. It's like, Oh shit. Okay. And mm-hmm. you didn't, they didn't have time. They didn't have the bandwidth to deal with that stuff. Yeah. Fast forward to the 2020s, we're at the easiest point. It's the easiest to be a human being today than it's ever been. Yeah, it is. So now the old paradigm from the 50s of like breadwinner is dead. It's so dead. Yet those four generations we just talked about, that's all that got passed on. Yes. And we're like, what's going on? Like, a lot of confused. men have not
1: caught up, caught up to, that, Very, to that transition. No,
0: most haven't. Like mm-hmm. most haven't. And I'm sure you see it with the guys I work with. And it's subconscious. We're like, well, we learned from our dad. If I do this means I'm a man. And what I have seen, you know, women are... Uh, They lean towards relationship being very important in their lives. Mm -hmm. Men are very like, I got to like do something. I got to like. So they've been like for the last decade or two decades or when did the internet start? The 90s? They've been like. Yeah, 90s. They've been like educating themselves. They've been evolving relationship. And here we are as men just like, well, I'm just trying to be the breadwinner. I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to get the house. I'm trying to get the car because that's what I'm supposed to do because I'm a man. Yeah. Doesn't work that way anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I'd I say to that is like, yes, and yes, you get to provide financially. And. and your female partner, it doesn't matter, female, male, but when you're in a relationship, your partner is looking for that emotional support for you to be able to understand. We'll just say her, okay? to For her to under for you to understand her, for you to be there for her not just again provide financially she wants you to provide emotionally she wants you to be there present like like not just physically present but mentally present yeah right so there's different ways that we get to mm, provide and we don't get to take away the financial aspect but it's it's no longer just that like a lot of guys uh, not a lot of guys but at least some of the guys that I've worked with they're like I don't understand why my wife is complaining because like I make good money. I I, like, I work so hard. Yeah, She's not happy. It's like, well, yeah, she's not just looking for that. She's looking for more than that. Right. Maybe if you worked less and spent more time working on yourself or with your
0: family, you'd
1: be in a better place.
0: And here is the hard thing. A guy in that position is going to his friends or his dad and going, I'm doing all the things I don't understand. And they're just like, yeah, you're doing all the things. Mm-hmm. Good job. There's something wrong with her. She's asking for too much. That's just not true. Mm. But when you've got guys in a similar situation trying to give each other advice, I don't know if you see that. I definitely see that a lot. It's very confusing and very... Of course. It's very confusing time for men. Um, so we, we're we starting to talk a little theoretical, but what about like your experience with this because i know i have a, i have one what's your experience, my experience going, with like emotion like my emotional. going stuff from kind of like because like, you you alluded to it earlier that you were the provider doing the job doing all the things how was your before the transition and then kind of waking up to like oh crap <laughs> it's not yeah. this relationship isn't this it's this thing it's or it's how did you put it it's It's this and it's this. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I grew up in
1: a, like my family is, my whole family is from, from Portugal, right? So European uh, immigrants that came to Canada and had to work hard to, of course, to to make their life and they did. Um, And so there was that, you know, we don't talk about our emotions. We don't show our emotions. And so that was sort of the, what I saw modeled for me as well, right? I remember the only man I ever saw cry was my grandfather at my other grandfather's funeral, Mm. um, when I was 11 years old. And I remember, I don't remember my, my dad crying, my uncle's crying. I don't remember seeing that. I just remember looking at this, what I, what I saw is this giant of a man bawling his eyes out for his friend who's, who had passed away. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's different cause he's usually very angry, very like, Whoa, like very loud, not because he was upset or per se. It's just, I grew up in a family where men and even women were just loud. The way that we talk, they're like, you're like, why are you yelling? Like, <laughs> I'm not yelling. Right. That sort of, that's what I grew My up ex-wife in. My ex wife was
0: Portuguese. So I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I grew up in, but I know that I was always that guy who was more sensitive more in the emotions, but just like every other guys, like, I didn't think about it. It was just like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't express this. Right. Um, That being said, you know, if I watched a movie or something before I would cry certain things, I would cry. But other than that, it it would never come out. Um, So you talk about before and after that period in my life. One, I had no control over my anger. And I'm still trying to work on that. Like, that's my hardest thing is my anger. Cause I feel like there's so much there, even after all these years. Um, and so one, I had a really hard time cause my anger used to come out at my kids and my wife, everybody else, nobody saw the anger, right? Nobody saw the aggression per se, not that I ever heard anyone, but like verbally and emotionally, it was only against on them basically. Mm-hmm. And when I had to sit with that in that transition, it was like, that was really sucks that that it's a it win on them. And in a way, it still still does not even to this to the same extent, but it's still that thing where like, I'm still trying to be able to be assertive something I put out today. And so uh, on Insta- Instagram, Instagram is like, I'm still trying to be assertive without getting into that aggression. Right. There's that's a fine line for me. Um, so that's one thing, right. How I dealt with my sort of anger has changed, has improved because before it would be stuffed down, stuffed down, being that people pleaser would stuff down and then it would come out in the, in, in, like in the wrong times with the wrong people. Hmm. All right. to so my wife and my kids, which they had nothing to do with probably most of my anger. And then the other piece is, yeah. Um, with my wife, I just never understood what she was going through. I never understood why she felt she, the way she felt or none of that. Like I was never, I was so blind to that right again I I got married when I was really young I was like 22 but still like in my 20s and early 30s I had no clue what she was feeling what she needed emotionally what support she needed from me and so she never had that support yeah and so afterwards as I've been working on myself it's like "Mm, okay I see what I need to be doing here and of course like a part of this journey for me has been working on my marriage and so I had to learn a lot of things to be like, oh, that wasn't the proper way of doing it. Because just like we said earlier, what did I learn? I just learned what I saw, modeled totally. to me, right? Thinking like, there's, I'm not, I don't need to do anything else other than just be here. That's that's what I thought. And, and I don't know if this leads to what we're talking about, but like, that's what I thought was, I just have to be present. My dad wasn't present in the ways that I needed him. So I just needed to do what he didn't do is just be here but doesn't mean. but what about my presence when I was present? Yes. How was I showing up when I was there? And I don't think I was checked out. I think a lot of the times I was checked out with sports at the time. There was hardly no social media. It was just sports. Right. And so I was here, I was present with my kids, but I wasn't really fully involved in their lives back then. Of course, in the last decade, it's changed, but so that's, a long answer to your question no
0: it's great because did you know i i'm gonna have to look the book up and the research behind it men feel satisfied and fulfilling a relationship by just being there
1: mm.
0: whereas women need that emotional support it's very yeah. very fascinating because you what you just said is like yeah i just showed up and i thought that was enough and that's, that's what it is that's the growth we need in relationships is like okay, I feel okay as a man. I'm like, oh, this, is, this is great. I don't know what she's talking about. And there's our side, which is to understand they need a little more. And it's their side to understand, like, that's just how we operate. Like, if I just show up every day, physically, I feel like things are going well. And Mm -hmm. then, as you know, men usually come to you or I when it's like, oh, crap, she said that's not enough anymore. And now they're like, oh, okay, I got to listen. I got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting problem we have in society that we got both sides not actually understanding what the other needs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because we're talking about, as men, what do women need from us? Yes, we need to work on that also women need the other way around exactly what do we need yeah
1: yeah there's something that i saw uh and i know when i and so what i'm about to say something i saw on social media and the way that i gauge if that's truth or not i can sense it i can feel it in my heart yeah and so i saw this one post a while back i don't even know how long ago it was but basically like that men need that that assurance from the, from the woman of like, you're doing a great job. Yeah. You're needed. I love you. Like I love who you are like that assurance we need. And when I read or watched the thing, I was like, Oh yes. Like that is so true. Like doesn't, it, it's not about validation where like it's the people pleaser, the codependent man. No, it's just like that feeds us. I think yeah. that feeds us as men to be able to hear the woman we're spending our life with to say, I see you, I value you and thank you.
0: 100%. And that, so, that is, man, that's just such a valid point because social media is really kicking men's asses. Like it's not fair. It's just not fair. Um, we're human. I know for a fact, every single guy wants to be the best version of themselves for their family, they can be, but we don't know what that looks like. We have no clue because we already talked about the last four generations have been like locked down that emotion. And that's like the key to being more to being present is looking at that emotion Mm -hmm. because it's, it's like this giant, it's like a freaking chain and ball and chain around your ankle. You can't move. So yeah. it's a very interesting thing. And yeah, when a woman gives, gives a man that, it's not validation, it's support. It's healthy mm. support. Mm. It's very different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you've ever heard, um, I have an analogy of the relationships a boat. I don't know where I got this one, but, and the, you know, the man or the, the masculine part of that relationship is the captain you still need still need a navigator Mm -hmm. which is the feminine or your female partner so that like affirmation that support that you just talked about that's just the navigator saying yeah you're on track yes
1: yes i love it yeah i've always and um, i'm not sure i think it's maybe john wineland that explains it as like the masculine is the rocks in the river and the water is that's flowing is, is the feminine. Right. And so it's like, yeah, we're flowing, but we got to know that we're in, we're like you said, we're going the right way that we're contained. We have that structure, but we just need to know, Hey, yeah, it's, it's good. Right. Keep on going. Um, So, yeah. So I don't know where we came to the talking about this, but that thing, I think that's really important when we flip it. Like what do we need to understand? about women and what women need to understand about men i think that's a that's a big one i think that's a big one
0: it's not getting talked about enough Mm -hmm. i've now and i say that because maybe you can maybe this is similar to your experience i knew i wasn't showing up properly i could feel it i'm like no i got more in me i don't know what that is i have no clue And as I dealt with my stuff, healed my wounds, faced my emotions and was able to like actually lift my head up and go, yeah, I'm actually in a pretty good spot. I could see more clearly what was going on, which is that it's not uh, necessarily that men are um, behind. It is that between men and women or the masculine and feminine, we're really not in touch with each other Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. We're not a team. We're not like working on things together. It's Mm -hmm. it's this division and social media has done a really great job of putting us on two different sides of the fence. Yeah. And that is not going to work. I agree. Yeah. Hey, you said something about and I, I think a lot of guys can relate to this, of your anger only showing up towards your kids and mm-hmm. your your wife. My wife, yeah. Is that what you saw your dad do too?
1: Mm, no, no. His, his, his anger came out to other people as well. Yeah. In my experience, no, it wasn't that. It was just, I don't, I, I've sat with that. I think more so it's just, Um, I feel almost like I can express this and these people will still stay, but if I express it to my sister or to my neighbor or to a coworker, then they're going to judge me. They're going to shame me. They're going to run. They're not going to be here anymore. Right. They're going to leave me. Yeah. Right. They're not accepting of it. It's like, these guys have to accept it because they're my kids and that's my wife.
0: But was that a that? that, Was that a modeled? way of family operating that your dad could do whatever the hell he wanted and everybody was going to stay no matter what bingo bang on
1: bang on can do or say whatever the hell he wants and we just put up with it yeah put up with it and on top of it all you better stay quiet so yeah as you say that way i'm like 100 percent.
0: that's what i learned yeah it's tough man yeah that's a hard one to work through Um, And I think it's pretty common. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of guys have seen their dads get angry. And then I know when I think of my dad, he had like different faces he would put on. And it always confused me as a kid. I'm like, Mm -hmm. why are you being so like whatever way you're being with that person right now? Because that is not you. Mm
1: -hmm. You're not
0: like that at home. I don't understand Mm -hmm. what's going on right now. Because when you're a kid, you're like you're just observing you're trying to learn how to navigate the world and the way we do that is watching our parents yes so you know I definitely did that I definitely was different at home with my kids versus my professional persona and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm embarrassed about that I feel some Mm -hmm. shame and guilt over that stage of my parenthood
1: yeah It's understand it's totally understandable and relatable, at least for me. And oh, man, uh, but something you said a minute ago or a few seconds ago was like. um, Try. Oh, for me, it was also like I remember being a kid and wondering. I wonder how my mom and dad act when they're around their friends or when they're at work. Interesting. Same. Do they act the same way? Like, is there a different person when you're here, and there is a different person when you're there? I remember that. I remember being a kid thinking about that, because probably what I did see was being a certain way with me, and then yeah. being around a family member or a friend and being like, like nothing's nothing, like nothing's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I think that's really what, what I remember that as a kid. Like, how are these people showing up? in different like are are they different are we supposed to be that i think i even questioned myself am i supposed to be different around this person around that person right so that leads me to like even you know the big thing for me is to live authentically that wasn't authenticity no way that is that is far from it right so it's so interesting as you said that i'm remembering like i i thought that when i was younger
0: yeah i'd be i'd be curious i've never really talked about this with other men um But I'm assuming maybe it's common, you know, if our parents Mm -hmm. modeled that, maybe a lot of, a lot of people have that same experience because it's confusing, man. I remember, I just remember like questioning it because Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very religious setting. So, you know, we were at events like three times a week and they acted so differently. Different. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's what we do. Yeah, (laughs) we act this way when we're here, and we act this way when we're at home.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was a teenager, my family hears this, they're gonna be pissed. But it's all right. (laughs) Um, I remember, I I I I never was much into religion. That's the truth. And I remember going to church. So we had like a, a Portuguese church here in the city, where they would have masses in Portuguese, and it's where all the Portuguese community would go. And my, my mom hardly took me to that church. We used to go to this other church, but the days that we, the times that we did go there and I was already a teenager and I would see these people talking about other people in mass at being at the back of church afterwards, talking about what this person did and then that person did. And I'm like, this is not right. Yeah. This is not okay. Like, I don't want to be here because these people are not, here to celebrate God and all the good stuff they're here to gossip yeah and I and I was, conf, I was confused and also starting to see the clarity of like I can't trust these people
0: Ooh, and trust. I'm like
1: yeah I'm like fuck fuck this I'm like I, I want no part in this I want no part in this community and I never I was never into like the um, the cultural stuff yes because I was like these people are fucking fake Yeah, because they say they're about all these things. But yet when nobody's listening, when not the big crowd is listening and they're just talking to their friend, they're talking about other people in their lives. And I was like, this is wrong. And I I almost like, um, mm, like I have an anchor. I still in a way have like this thing and I will confront any, any person who comes up to me about this. I'll be like, bullshit, bullshit. You love God bullshit. You love all these things. What do you talk about? When you're with other people. Yeah. Like the gossip for me, and I know I'm going off a track of what we're talking about, but the gossip piece was a big piece for me as well growing up. And that confused the fuck out of me because it, I was like
0: It's not off track though. This is mm. this is shame-based society. This is shame-based way of existing. When mm-hmm. people are gossiping, I don't know if you've read um oh John Bradshaw's um Healing the Shame That Binds Us. Yes. So When we as humans talk about somebody in a derogatory way, it elevates us. We we get to be better than them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super, super common and it's subconscious. We don't actually know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But that's what you experienced. And what I heard in your share is as kids, we know we have built-in attunement to like emotions to I'll say almost what's right. We just know. And through our life experiences, we get programmed. We get shamed for speaking up, going, Mm -hmm. "Ah, you can't talk to so-and-so about that. Like, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, be quiet. No, just be quiet. And it buries our authentic selves with layers of shame, with layers of beliefs. So Mm -hmm. when you said, you know, living authentically is what you want to do, me too. Like, I've worked really hard on getting to a place where I'm like, yeah, I offend some people. (laughs) They don't like it when I don't Uh, hear, you know, will maybe point out what they just said is not accurate or, you know, they've mm -hmm. contradicted themselves or it's Mm -hmm. not aligned with the way they behave. People don't like that. But much like that kid in church, you know, hearing people gossip, I told myself long time ago it's like i'm gonna be the guy that just says the goddamn thing that everybody else is thinking
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i didn't know what i didn't know why i thought that years and years ago but it's because Mm -hmm. i wanted to be me i just wanted to be authentic yeah that's it it's not it's not like i'm not better than you far from it i've fucked up a lot like a lot and i'm okay with it because i'm trying my best
1: I think whether the the part is is yes, we can own our mistakes, but a lot of these people when you point out their shit, they're like, that's not true. How, can, yeah. how dare you say that about us or the family or the culture or the Because it's fucking true and you don't want to see it. Yes. Right?
0: Because facing, you know, I, I I meant to bring it up before, you know, men facing emotions or, or men facing what we're talking about, like mm-hmm. inconsistency you know how much courage that takes?
1: Hmm.
0: Like to me, it is one of the most masculine things you can do is look at your emotions is look at these beliefs is learn how to deal with the internal, like shame and say to whomever in your life, like that's not okay. Like that Mm -hmm. is an immense amount of courage. Yeah. So it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a bit of a conundrum, but, for men that want to you know feel more fulfilled feel more air quotes masculine you gotta look at your you gotta look at the messy stuff yeah there is no other way and unfortunately i wasn't gonna go here but i'm gonna go here there's so much social media shit saying you don't have to do that just do this like shortcut yeah what what's been your experience watching guys or have you seen guys try to take shortcuts?
1: Like guys that I've worked with or like just in general that you see out there. Uh, Just in general,
0: just in general.
1: Yeah. I I think there is guys that are trying to take shortcuts. um, Thinking that, you know, all I have to do is, you know, work on my mindset, get up early in the morning and do these (laughs) routines um provide um you know open the door for my wife and all that shit and it's like okay and 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 what about the other stuff oh but that's good enough no and and it still comes back to the hard the hard truth that the real way to grow and step into being the man you're actually capable of being. Yes, we need all those other things. Yeah. And if you never step into confronting your pain from the past, the emotions that you've deemed to be not okay for you to express or feel, you're always going to be chained from your from your potential, right? Yeah. And again, it's not that you do it once and it's over. It's that willingness to go there when you need to go there, right? Um but yeah i think there is there is a lot of guys out there and again it comes where where are they getting that messaging from right are they getting validation from doing the morning routine and the mindset and the bringing in the millions and no 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 shame i want to make make millions i'm good with that but like if you're just feeding into that and thinking that's what all i need to do then you're cutting your again you're cutting yourself off right? yeah and i think it comes back to what we started was do we need to hit a rock bottom rock bottom? I think it is. Eventually that guy, hopefully at some point in his life, he's going to hit some rock bottom where he's like, Oh, and I completely missed this. Yeah. Right. And that's what I have to do.
0: There's a high profile guy. I won't, I won't mention names that was into the, like sort of the shortcut stuff, get up early, do this, do that, do that. And his Marriage, I think he was fairly public about it. They had some problems. They got back together, and then it finally ended. And his like public statement was, "But all my stuff still works." I'm like, mm. Mm, I read your stuff, man. It's like I know. I mean, no disrespect. I actually don't. I actually don't because men are meeting themselves where they want to meet themselves to the degree of fear that they can stare in the face because it's uncomfortable. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and if you don't feel like you have anybody there to
0: support you in that
1: discomfort, even worse.
0: And, and that goes back to, it's such a, it's such a fucking shit show for men because you might go to your your guys, and they might support you. And your your heart and your gut might tell you there's something more to this. I don't know what it is, but my guys and my dad are saying this thing because it's the it's the information they've had access to. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like if you can find a group of men, not women, mm-hmm. men, men, th- yeah, that are in the same place, I've seen magic happens like you 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 walk into this container, be it a men's group, be it coaching, be it whatever works, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I'm not alone." Mm-hmm. Like there is guys that have big emotions and feel like they want to cry and are scared to because they're going to be judged. and now i can I could cry in front of these other men, like, what the hell is that? Yeah, what's this all about? <laughs> but it's healing. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. When, when I started my men's group, which was just a drop-in group at the time, for me, it was literally for this. It was for me, myself, mm-hmm. proving to myself that I can, one, hold the space for other men, and two, that is, it was going to be safe. Yeah. And when I started seeing these men randomly, like every week, it was different guys. It wasn't like a consistent thing, but they would just log in because it was free, and they'd come to this uh, to this group meeting every week, and I would hold that structure and guide them through and then give them that space. What do you want to talk about? Whatever. And then give them that chance. Well, oh, I'm noticing your little, whatever feeling this way. Like it's okay. Right. And then over time, starting to see that these men themselves were like, Oh my gosh, I've never experienced this. I've yeah. never felt like I can actually share like my sadness about this to other men. And these men are not going to, are not going to make fun of me. They're not like, they're there for me. You guys are just listening. I'm like, yeah, man, this is, this is it. And so as those men were experiencing that, I I was as well for the first time being in a group of men like this by me facilitating it. But it's, I've seen as well, like, just like you said, I've seen magic. I've seen like amazing things happen when men come together and they're like, we're safe. This guy's safe. And sometimes it takes a while, right? Yeah, it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it doesn't. And, and. And then it's like, okay, we're all safe here. <sighs> okay, I can just uh, <laughs> drop this here, yeah. right? And um, it's it's awesome to see. It really it really is amazing to see. And um, one of the things that I look forward to is every week is my men's group, right? My, Me my too. My mastermind that I have, so.
0: And I think too, in that safe container, and I'm sure you like bring in some new understandings of relationships and just humanness. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, that makes total sense. Why didn't I know this? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The societal mm-hmm. like messaging, they've always known something's off and then you give them some something more aligned and they're like, yeah, that that sounds good. That's
1: That sounds right. Makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's like um, coming back to my story. When I met my, well, I already knew my mentor, let's just say. Uh, but when I met him for the first time to talk about what I was going through back then and to get him to help me, We had this deep conversation for like two, three hours in this coffee patio, like a coffee house patio. And I remember leaving and saying to him, why the fuck didn't anybody ever tell me what you just told me right now? Why was this kept from me for so long? And we just talked about emotions and how we were raised and how human beings are and just stuff like that, just touching the surface. And I remember leaving thinking, why the fuck did anybody tell me this before? I was so upset. Like, like it's like a this big secret that was being held from me. And then and then the same thing. I I'm like, that's so true. Like that is that that is true because I felt that way. I just wasn't able to to um own it or be it or whatever, right? So yeah, man.
0: I think why you didn't know that is because you had to go through the life you had so you could get where you are today to be a teacher and a mentor. Mm. I honest Mm. to God believe that
1: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. because without your, your shit. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't know what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, I I
1: feel, I feel that way as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We could talk for another hour. No problem. I think we can. I'm going to, I'm going
1: to,
0: I got one question for you.
1: Yeah, go for it. And
0: then I'd like you to share uh, where people can find you. The question is, what message do you have for a previous version of yourself?
1: Mm, Great question. What version? Any version? You pick. It's funny. I just put out a post about the almost exact same thing today. And there was 10 things that I wanted to say to myself when I got married. But I think the first thing that I put on that post, and I'll say what I really want to say to him, Is look into this thing called healing yourself, working through your past. (laughs) Even though you don't know what it means, you don't understand, you think that everything was totally fine with your, uh, you know, your childhood and your adolescence and stuff. Do some work on that. Yeah. Because if you don't do it, you're going to be in trouble. Right. That's what I would say to my younger, like that 22 year old that just got married. I'd be like, find a therapist and start doing some
0: work first and foremost I think I that's what I would say to him love that yeah I love that yeah okay Kevin what how can people work with you you can right now reach out to me on Instagram
1: yeah. I have a Facebook page as well but Instagram is the most active um, I'm currently almost finishing up my website so then you'll be able to to connect with me there but for now um, at the canvas within Awesome. On Instagram, send me a DM. Let's have a conversation and go from there. Otherwise, just give me a follow and check out my stuff. That would uh, mean a lot to me because a part of the work that I love is just creating content because I know that men are going to see it. And men are gonna understand it. so right?
0: much content and there's so much value in every post. I'm like, how the hell does Kevin continue <laughs> to crank out this much good stuff? So make sure you yeah. put the link in the show description man, thank you for being here. i I knew no problem, this would be man. a good one and I had no idea where it was gonna go, but i I know for a fact there's a ton of value for men, so thanks for sharing so much.
1: Well, thank you for having me man. I uh, again like you said, we can talk forever. I really I really enjoy this con- these, this conversation and conversations like these and I, and I hope any guy that uh, listens to this or watches this whatever way really has at least one thing land to make that like oh shit. I don't have to wait to rock bottom or maybe I'm rock bottom and yes, I am going to go do that thing. Right. To give you that kick in the ass to be like, okay, let me do some stuff, some work on myself right now.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thanks everyone. See you next time. Thanks for taking the time to be here today. I honestly hope you found something you can use in your life. And I hope you found some relief in knowing that you're not the only one with challenges we can be very isolated as men. If you don't have support in your life, please reach out to someone. It's okay to need help. It doesn't mean that you're less of a man. In fact, it takes a courageous man to know when it's time to ask for guidance. Until next time, brother.